Today on Wingman's Garage. Because I have zero clue of what's happening. First bike and your worst bike. Guano! <laughs> what's that? Fifteen Shades of Brap, I like that. Unless we're on the motocross track, then he's totally power one. We suck. I don't care. Buy one that does not have a spreader bar. Welcome to Wingman's Garage, where Chris, the adventurer, Daniel, the track rat, and Tyler, the hooligan, meet to share over 40 years of riding experience. Join them as they discuss their journeys, stories, and events of life on two wheels. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wingman's Garage. This is Chris, the wingman. Tyler, the man with many names or no names. you you got to get that handled eventually. Eventually. I'm taking suggestions for nicknames, if anybody wants to, to throw that out there. He usually refers uh, answers to the uh, term dumbass. I think we all do that. What? <laughs> hey, dumbass. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, it's just the two of us flying solo today in the garage. Um, pretty boy doesn't feel too hot, and we'd rather not catch whatever he's got. So, he's sitting out on this particular episode. The shoe make his shoes did not make on. <laughs> shoe on. Make on? Yeah, whatever. He didn't make it. Yeah. So, he's not here. So, you don't expect to hear him. So, I know all you ladies out there will be highly disappointed, and so will some of you guys. But, it's okay. He'll be back next week. For now, you just got the two of us. Hide in the closet until he comes back. <laughs> Um, hide your kids, hide your wives, because we're taking it over. Hide the goats. Goats? What? I saw a bunch of goats today. <laughs> uh, did you get their numbers? I did not. <laughs> Every time I yelled at them, they fell over. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that our listeners may, may be going deaf tonight. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'll probably, in, you know... Edit that out and put in the the shrieking goat from uh, all those videos. Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, we're actually recording this a few days later than normal, but uh, yeah, we won't get into too many details on why. But um, the garage did have a a very rough weekend, as well as some of the people that uh, we ride with, and uh, our hearts go out to. Uh, family members out there who have lost a loved one. Um, I'd ask you for a moment of silence, but I can just pause that anytime I want, and we're not going to do that. Um, because we're going to move on to some other things a little more fun. But uh, that being said, what did you, you do this weekend, Tyler? This weekend, I did a whole bunch of nothing. I purchased an Eno this weekend. A what? Um, an, an Eno? An Eno. Eno. Oh. It's a, a parachute hammock. Uh-huh. Um, I've been thinking about getting one for a while and hadn't fallen into the trap yet. And I was sitting around uh, with uh, actually Rachel this weekend and bored. I uh, didn't really have a whole lot to do because my engine was broke or torn apart and I was waiting on parts. And I thought it is a beautiful day and how much I would love to be hanging out in a hammock outside. And next thing I know, she said, let's go get one. So we both went out and bought Enos um, hmm. and spent about four hours hanging in hammocks. <laughs> so Nice. That explains why you got this funny crisscross pattern on your back. <laughs> I don't want to see the rest, so pull your, pull your She, of course, made fun of me because she's sitting there enjoying it, and I'm on it Googling how to, how to lay in it correctly. And <laughs> next thing you know, I'm reading articles about why sleeping in a hammock is apparently the best way you can sleep. So. I've actually never slept in a hammock. I've sat in a few um, back when I was younger, when I didn't really trust them. 
But uh, I would love to be in a hammock right now. But Well, all I can say is buy one that does not have a spreader bar and is not made out of rope. <laughs> Apparently those were the two worst inventions for the hammock ever. Um, <laughs> so and lay down- you just want a big net. Uh, no net. You want you want smooth. You want a you want like a, a material. Uh, gotcha. Something with no holes. No holes. No. Just holes like your parachute. Barred. Get a parachute one and treat it like a parachute. No holes. <laughs> nice. But um, so that was my Sunday. Other than that, it was work as usual. And then today, um, I went and spent way too much money on car parts to put my car back together. Because his STI went kaboom. <laughs> right, it's more like a rattle, rattle, rattle. Knock, 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 knock. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? Piston. Piston who? (laughs) Piston stretch. (laughs) Piston, it ain't your engine anymore. (laughs) Uh, um, So, I did, um, in what is lately the complete non-Tyler fashion, uh, I put about 80 miles on the bike today. Woohoo! So, um, and especially considering I didn't make it more than about 20 miles outside of the city... Or away from the house, I should say. Uh, definitely pretty decent amount of riding for around here, um, without doing any traveling. So uh, it's easy to do fifty miles, you know, going to. But then, you know, you ride up the interstate to work and you ride back. So yeah, it's, uh, really, it's riding only in the barest minimum of rideability. So well, what about you? What did? Uh, well, let's see. First off, the weekend sucked, as we mentioned earlier. But I mean, aside from that. Uh, Kind of broke out of the cycle nerd thing and back into true geekdom and attended the uh, the Walker Stalker Con, uh, which if you're a Walking Dead fan, you probably know what that is um, here in Nashville. Uh, I will say this. I was actually fairly disappointed in the whole situation. Uh, first, you spend a lot of money to get tickets. Thanks for letting us know about the uh, discounts there, Groupon. Um, you spend a ton of money to get in. And basically, it's just vendors everywhere, so they want you to spend money. And they're all the various stars of The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead and some other sci-fi shows, um, Vampire Diaries, which I've never watched, so I have no idea who any of these people are. Um, and in order to meet them, you have to pay to take a selfie or a picture with them. And it's a minimum of $40 a person. So just to meet somebody, you got to spend even more money after you spent money to get in there in the first place. And spent money on parking to get there. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. No, it really I think really I watched the TV show. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, I got within about 20 feet of some of the stars. But it's like, okay. The main people you want to meet, you know, Andrew Lincoln, who's Rick. Um, Norman Reedus, uh, Daryl from the show. Uh, I can't think of what's her name, um, Carol, um, and wow, I Melissa forgot. McBride, I think. Yeah, and I even forgot Maggie's real name, uh, which is really unusual because she's hot. Lauren Cohen. Thank you, Australian. Yes, um, she wasn't there either. Um, you know the ones I really wanted to meet. Granted, Chandler Riggs, who plays Carl, Carl, uh, was there. Um. And so was uh, Beth. Uh, what? She's not... What? What's her name? She's um, been gone for like four seasons Allison? now. No, not Allison. Something Kinney. I can't remember her first name either at the moment. I don't know. She's cute. Yeah. And actually, she's really cute in person, too. But again, I'm not about to spend $40 to just take a selfie with any of them. 
Uh, the one person that was there that I actually would have spent money to take a picture of was Robert England. You know, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> because what better way to remember the the person who was responsible for keeping you up for many, many, many nights as a child than him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would have paid money for him except the line was out the door. So, yeah. <laughs> Most popular one there, probably. Pretty much. So, there we are. That's pretty much what I did and... Um, sadly, I didn't get on the bike at all until yesterday. And again, it was ride to, ride back, run out of gas. Well. Yeah, run out of gas. <laughs> we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Eventually, I'll actually post the video on YouTube because uh, I was in the middle of actually recording what should have been the third motovlog I've ever done. Um, all of which will eventually make it to YouTube one day. Um. But yeah, soon. we'll talk more about that here in a one day bit. soon. <laughs> but yeah, so um, well, um, uh, I guess we should let her uh, throw out a uh, let our listeners in on our little our new trial run we're doing today. Go ahead, fill them in. So uh, we're 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 trying a new format. We'd like to see what you all like. Any thoughts, questions, comments? Uh, as always, call us at two six two five go ride two six two five go ride or uh, leave us a uh, uh, comments on we have a comment section don't we well yeah we have comments <laughs> on uh, our shout engine uh, page it's a uh, shoutengine.com backslash wingman's garage um, of course reviews on iTunes would be always appreciated even if you tell us we suck I don't care it means we're interacting you're actually listening to us um of course we'd rather not say we suck but you know what i mean uh then again you can always hit us up on uh facebook and instagram uh wingman's garage just to make it super simple and twitter well, the twitter which i never really use but it's there twitter flitter um or even email us at podcast at wingman's garage.net um all these work we do answer promise um we want to know what you think and anything you want to hear something let us know what it is don't want to hear something. Let us know what it is. So, on that note, <clears throat> for our second segment of the night, we are going to throw out the what happened in racing this weekend. What happened in racing? I've... Now, I'm going to give a little caveat there. <clears throat> We're not going to touch on World Superbike only because I have zero clue as what happened. That's usually why we keep Daniel here because, you know, he's the Superbike nerd. We all have our dedicated segments that we try to follow. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, <laughs> let's start off with Supercross. Supercross, wow. Uh, Supercross! Super. It was, Supercross was super this week. Was it? Uh, it was. It was probably the most exciting race we've seen this year, especially when it comes to the 450s. Uh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> after a reasonably, you know, average, uh, exciting as always. I mean, it's it's hard not to get excited <laughs> over uh, what those guys can do on motorcycles, but uh, started out... Uh, can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I can, I can, I can, I'm, I don't know, I may be a tenth as fast as him. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I, on dirt, I'd be lucky if I could even make it out of the line. I'll tell you what, if you double their lap time and I can do that, I'll, I'll be cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, nothing crazy going on with the heats, uh, heat racing. Um, I believe, uh. No, no, I know we got a pop filter, but you don't need to test it down. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Yes, yeah, so we actually have a new piece of equipment here in the studio. 
or the garage, it's a pop filter, which removes all the harsh P's and B sounds. We're also a bit closer to the mic this week, so we're we going to see. that, you know, we don't have it's Daniel. It's audio quality. Yeah. Sitting in our lap suit. <laughs> we'll sit next to the mic. Daniel has to stay on the other room, st- our other side of the room still. <laughs> um, so, 250 main event. Uh, shout out for Gannon Audette. Uh, Gannon? Uh, is an amateur rider that came up, uh, actually was sponsored for a while by a shop I used to work at, uh, Kissimmee Motorsports, down in another in Kissimmee, Florida, outside of right outside of uh, Orlando. Um, riding on his Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, um, he's actually filling in and first showing on the uh, on the bike. He comes out and first thing he does is pulls the whole shot. In the 250 shot. class, first ever pro race in in Supercross, and he he takes the whole shot. Uh, hmm. So quickly was passed by Aaron Plessinger, um, which uh, phenomenal showing by him. He's you know he's he's doing great. He's second in the points, I believe, right now, but um, had had yet to get his first win. So uh, you know he's he's followed very closely by Malcolm Stewart and Jeremy Martin. Um, uh, very quickly, Plessinger just kind of kind of started to pull around. Um, Stewart uh, kind of started to catch him once or twice, but he kind of had a little slight bobble, nothing, nothing too serious. But uh, it did let uh, Plessinger kind of pull his gap up a little bit, and um, ended up with over a ten-second lead. Um, so comes out that's, and uh, that's a pretty massive lead. Ends up taking his first career win uh, in the 250 class, and Malcolm Stewart, being the sport he is, <laughs> actually jumped off of his bike, runs over, grabs him, pulls him to the top of the. Uh, uh, tabletop after the finish line jump and they start dancing together. Wow. Um, so, and this is a guy that, you know, is, he's 10 points off of, uh, Malcolm Stewart's heels in the points championship. Huh. So, uh, very entertaining, very fun to see, uh, those two guys getting along that well. And, um, uh, definitely loving the sportsmanship. Uh, you know, I, I liked James, I, you know, they, we don't really know any of them, uh, for the most part. And, it's hard to, uh, to really judge somebody too much because you, you never know what, they really have to put up with on a daily basis, but, uh, just out and out, you know, Malcolm, he, he kind of reminds me of a Travis Pastrana. He's, he's got a great attitude. Um, and he's always, you know, great sportsmanship. So, uh, good to see him, uh, you know, being the next face of Supercross there potentially. So, uh, anyways, he, uh, so he got second, um, right behind, that was Malcolm Stewart in second right after Aaron Plessinger. Um, other than that, and, Biggest news, uh, Audette, after his whole shot, again, first race, uh, ended up third. So, podiumed on his very first um, pro effort in Supercross. So, absolutely impressed there. Um, Martin Davalos crashed kind of late in the race. Ended up, uh, I think, working through, ended up getting like a fifth place. Um, and Jeremy Martin, um, our reigning outdoor champ, um, Actually had to drop out of the race about halfway through um, while he was running in third because his bar mounts broke. Uh, so huh. all of a sudden come off the bike and the uh, handlebars were just kind of dangling. So not not good there, but uh, but yeah, great great race there. Um, so then on to the 450 class. Uh, come out of the gate. Uh, of course, Dungy kind of takes out, pulls a whole shot, takes off for the lead. Uh, and Ken Roxon, boy, that... that he absolutely was nipping at Dungey's heels that whole entire yeah. race, uh, chasing him down. Very, very challenging track. They got neck and neck and battled 
I mean, they were battling pretty much the whole entire race. They're they're really wanting a lap that went by that they weren't trying to make a pass. So, uh, very exciting race for the 450 class compared to what we've seen this year of of a lot of runaway victories. Um, uh, I believe with about three laps to go, uh, Roxon actually finally made the pass, and 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 we thought he had it stuck, and uh, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Had a bobble about three quarters of a lap later. Wow. And Dungey just barely sneaked by, right back by him, and, and they ended up uh, still battling neck to neck. But Dungey did edge him out with the win. Um, trying to think of any other, other other notables that happened in that one there. Because uh, that was, everybody's pretty much focused there. Uh, um, Trey Kennard had his best finish of the year this year. With a uh, with a fourth place, still kind of disappointed not be on the podium, but as he said, working on it every every week. Um, Ryan, uh, not really a whole lot other than that, really. Um, Chad Reed pulled a sixth place. Blake Baggett also with his fin- best finish of the year in fifth. So there was two good ones there. Um, I think the biggest cra- craze, other than uh, the not the battling going on, was that Ryan Dungey and Ken Roxon were 20 seconds ahead of third place, which wow. was Jason Anderson. Um, for instance, sixth place, I can't remember if sixth or seventh was the last to not get lapped. Um, I think Chad Reed was about, which he was in sixth, he was about 39 seconds down off of the leaders. And I think Christoph Purcell was on the main lap, but they lapped all the way to eighth place, which was Justin Brayton huh. in the race. So they that's... <laughs> when all of a sudden you start seeing some of these faster guys and you're going, oh, hey, the, the leader's just passed them. And <laughs> you're right. kind of like, wow, uh, it, it really brings in this perspective just how quick they were running. So uh, point standings, of course, Ryan Dungey with 300 points. Uh, Ken Roxon on nipping on his heels at 258. But it is going to take a miracle to see anybody uh, pretty much knock Ryan Dungey out of another championship this year. So, wow. so uh, was that- kind of, he's got it going on then. That's Got a, a going on. Yeah. Um, well, they're not calling him the machine and Mr. Consistent uh, for the last couple of years for no reason. There is that. Uh, but that's about it for Supercross. Um, so what about MotoGP? Uh, let's talk about MotoGP um, here right in the States this uh, this last week at uh, the Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Um I didn't get to watch much of the race, unfortunately, but I did get to see a lot of the highlights and lowlights. And man, it, it there was a lot of crashing going on. Um, I guess let's start off with where everyone ended up. Uh, race started, I think it was a third lap in, and uh, Rossi, Rossi went down. Yeah, he slid and crashed yep. out. And, he, he couldn't get back into the race uh, within, you know, he was also joined by a few other people. Who was it? Um, Pedrosa didn't make it through the race, and uh, neither did Dovizioso, which seems to be the, the trend this entire season for Dovi going down. Um, a lot of people are looking hard at the Michelin spec tires this year, uh, blaming that, uh, except for Rossi. Of all people, Rossi actually defended the, the Michelin tires. He said that he actually really liked them, but they left him with very, very little margin for error. Um, so, is it the tires? Maybe, maybe not. Um, kind of hard to say, but uh, Marquez ended up taking uh, the checkered flag 
uh, top of the podium, uh, followed by Lorenzo and uh, fellow Team Red uh, member here. You know, they actually got up in the third. Yay! Ducati uh, with the podium. Yeah, and Maverick Vinal is right behind him, too. So it's kind of interesting. So uh, <laughs> the boys in red aren't having the greatest luck this season. No, so they're not. Good to see them pull a podium because we know they have the speed. But yeah, man, that's that's three races in every single race. That's three races and four crashes from Ducati. Yeah. Um, it, so it's not looking very good there. But uh, which raises the question. Um, well, you know, there's been a lot of rumors going around. Kind of uh, leading into our news segment there. Yeah. Actually, there's a couple of people looking to jump ship for 2017. Uh, the top billing among them being Jorge Lorenzo, who uh, quite, has quite been quite rumored to be leaving Yamaha. And we touched on this last week. Actually, Daniel brought it up. Uh, to be leaving Yamaha... For a factory ride with Ducati. So, you better start getting ready to cheer because... Uh, I guess that... I'll be keeping that Lorenzo helmet after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone is saying and thinking that Lorenzo's going to make the official announcement at Jerez. Uh, Rossi's already pretty much come out and said, you know, it's a ballsy move for him, but it's a move he's got to make. Because, I mean, how often does this uh, chance really come up? Which is kind of odd, because if you think about it, he's leaving a team that is well-established as victorious uh, riders. Yamaha. Been dominating for quite a while. Um, And going over to Ducati, who hasn't really made that big of an impact in, uh, in the standings since Stoner left. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, again, we touched on this, uh, you know, a couple podcasts ago, actually over the last few podcasts, where his riding style, while not very entertaining, is very efficient and obviously has results, uh, considering how he's been placing. The only other person that's really made those Ducatis really work for them was Stoner. And if you look at the way they ride, they're very similar in riding style. So, it it could be a very good move for the both of them. Uh, you know, hopefully it will help Ducati actually get back on the podium a little higher than third, which again, that's not a bad thing either. But, you know, maybe have a chance again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely the, the, the new bike has helped a ton. Um, not to mention, obviously, you know, Dovi and Iannone are both mm-hmm. great riders. Great riders. Um, they're not sliding through the gravel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll take we'll leave that one for the speculation on the tires. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, I think a lot of people were saying, oh, well, if, if he goes over there, you know, and, and he's successful, it's going to prove he's better than Rossi. Uh, you know, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, no, you, and you not, can only say that after you be personally become a 10 time world champion. Yeah. Then and, you can and, say you're, you're better than Rossi. I mean, Rossi had one year on the bike. We knew the bike wasn't that great. Had Rossi gotten the bike, you know, that they had the past two years mm-hmm. when he was on that team, uh, I, I don't think the results would have been the same. No, not at all. Um, so, but, uh. Nonetheless, exciting. Um, I mean, I'm going to root for the Duck Boys regardless of who's riding for them for the most part. 
I, I, By extension, so am I. Even if Marquez <laughs> went over there, I would I'd root for him. Um, I just I really would like to see Ducati get some more championships. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, you know, they're doing great with their brand, uh, and I think that's them winning something like a MotoGP championship. That's only going to further their uh, the fuel for their fire. Yes. Um, for for this this awesome stuff they're coming out, and personally, I want another sport classic. So Ducati, if you're listening. Please, <laughs> or just send me the old one, and I mean, I, you know, I'll I'll accept that too. But, um, but yeah, uh, hmm. you know, um, also looking at changing marquees, um, our current eleventh place uh, rider, uh, Bradley Smith, who's riding right now with the uh, Yam- uh, Monster Yamaha Tech Twa Tech Three, um. He's actually looking at joining KTM uh, for their 2017 season. I'd be uh, curious to see what happens with that because I've, I've not so far I've not heard very good things about their GP bike. Right I, again, right. it's growing pains. You know, you're gonna mm-hmm. have to develop the bike, and it's not gonna take. It's not gonna come out of the gate in its first season as you know a podium winning machine. Well, we look at the Suzuki. Well, yeah, yeah, but then again, Suzuki's been in in the game before; they've just dropped out for the last few years. Well, this is true, you know. But even I mean, the changes that they've had—it's you know, granted this year it's it's leveled the playing field a little bit, but um, right. But still, you know, I mean, you know, they they had their first couple years back, and now they've got uh, Vinales with them, and mm-hmm. and he's already shown that that is a capable bike. Yep, and I'm pretty sure Maverick's going to start taking some names towards the end of the season, and really become a rider that's worth watching. I mean, he already is, but I think he's going to get better. Your soul is mine. <laughs> that's a different podcast. What? <laughs> um, but yeah. What are we watching? Uh, we're watching the screensaver for the, uh, the Apple TV. I don't want to explain to our listeners what that screensaver looked like to me. A penguin. No, the one before that. I have no idea what that looked like Let's to you. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, in other news, uh, what else we got? Um, let me see. There's a, a couple of things coming out uh, from Suzuki, since we actually were just talking about them. Um, you know, Supercharger, I, stay supercharger. <sighs> yeah. Um, it, I threw it up on the Facebook page uh, earlier in the week, where what's old again? old is new again. Um, I don't know if you remember any of these bikes from the 80s, but in the 80s, Everything, everything got turbocharged. Cars got turbocharged. Bikes got turbocharged. And it's an era that's probably best forgotten because they picked the weirdest bikes to supercharge. Uh-huh. Um, Honda picked, of all things, a CX650. What did they have? What, what a the, CX... One with our CBX's turbo? No, two? they did just the, C, the oh. CX, which is a, a transverse V-twin, which means instead of like your typical... Harley, where your cylinders are in line with the rest of the bike, they're actually out towards the side in a V. Think like of a, a motor engine. Or that, too. Yeah. And um, the bike's most notably known for being ridden by Prince and several hipsters nowadays. You know, I had a CX500. Yeah, yeah. That's it. The 650 was just a slightly, uh, I stress the term slightly, improved CX500. Um... But yeah, they supercharged one or turbocharged one of those. 
Um, Kawasaki took their GPZ uh, 750, which is actually became the Ninja series later, um, supercharged that. Uh, let's see, Yamaha had an FJ that was supercharged, and Suzuki took what was essentially their Katana at the time, which best-looking Katanas ever made were the first ones. Uh, with very weird-looking, but best-looking ever. Uh, the XN65. And supercharge all these. Uh, by at that point in time, yeah, they made some power, but they're they're outclassed by anything you know above uh, eighty five GSXR. Anything truly sporty, they're outclassed. But uh, Suzuki has just released patents for supercharged, you know, because they got to keep up with the Kawasaki H two uh, supercharged GSXRs. Kawasaki's also announced that they're going to be releasing the R2, uh, which is going to be a supercharged 800. And they also do have patents for a supercharged 600 as well. So, you know, leader bikes are already pushing 180 mile, uh, 180 horsepower is not enough. Ever. So the horsepower wars are about to begin. Blah, Valve. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be the best thing. Uh, one other thing. Oh, uh, Motorcycle USA. Um, that was another one in the news. Um, granted, uh, apparently I missed it by a couple weeks. Um, so it, it isn't something that released this week. Um, I hadn't but, heard about it until just now. Um, for many of us that, uh, that search online, you, you know, especially videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. bike reviews, um, Motorcycle USA is a website that has been a, an all digital, uh, publication since, uh, 1996, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they are officially closing their doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically disbranding the company, and uh, they're not going to be doing any new publications. It says they are going to keep their website open for uh, uh, right now is what is described as an extended amount of time mm-hmm. uh, to continue to provide the articles that people have grown to to know and love from them. So, uh, but kind of a little disappointing to hear that. We don't like to hear a uh, motorcycle publication or. Or anything hmm. in the motorcycle business per se, typically, it's yep, uh, do. done correctly go, to be going down the drain. So, um, yeah, if you get on their website, they have a kind of their their John Deere letter, if you will. Um, yeah, headline basically. So let me ask you this: Motorcycle USA and Motorcycle Superstore, they are one of the same, aren't they? Um, uh, you know, I, the the Google will answer yeah, this. <laughs> I know that the guy that started it started Motorcycle Superstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the founder Don Becklin saw need and fulfilled it in yep. a meaningful way. In turn, he started Motorcycle Superstore as a way to take the product reviews from print to purchase. Hmm. Uh, the result is a commerce company that's grown exceptionally larger, focused on delivering top quality motorcycle parts, gear. And accessories through a strong assortment and quality customer service. So it says, uh, hmm. well, all it says at the end of it is, while this publication is turning the page, the Motorcycle USA legacy will endure as a benchmark many others have tried to reach and others will attempt to do over time. And that's it. So uh, it looks like the store is going to be staying open. They are just clo- killing the publication mm-hmm. side. You know, I, I've got mixed feelings about this because... Um, once upon a time, I had a job, worst job ever, as a Yellow Page ads, uh, uh, 
account executive is a word exactly and uh, this was in Redding, California and one of my clients was Motorcycle Superstore which at this point I had seen their name, I knew who they were and I was super excited to have them as one of my accounts uh, they're based out of Medford, Oregon which is uh, southern Oregon extremely southern Oregon but it was about a three hour drive one way to meet them um, needless to say, I made several visits only to be told, uh, after being set, being told that they had big plans, want to go ahead and move forward on a lot of it. Come on up three different visits. Never got to actually meet the guy. The last visit after being told, yeah, come on up. I, there's stuff I really want to talk to you about. I was told, yeah, we decided we're not going to go with it. So now this is a total of what uh three hours 18 hours worth of my time which all this i'm not getting paid for to be told yeah thanks but no thanks yeah they kind of burnt me the wrong way and i've never bought a single thing from them since nor referred anybody to them but hey i did watch their videos through motorcycle usa begrudgingly but i did um so i got mixed feelings about that i'm sorry to see them go Especially on that end, which has actually provided some value to me. But why couldn't it be the store? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well. Yeah. Looks like uh, many of the readers are slightly perturbed about it. Right. Especially considering the amount of views that their YouTube channel receives. Right. Um, and the consensus seems to be that they want Mr. Adam Wahid to go out and start his own channel. Yeah. So we'll see what that holds, what, what the future holds on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never met Adam, so uh, keep going. Hopefully we see more of you out there. Um, on that note, you know, I'm out of water. You're out of water. Um, before we take our first break... Um, I mean beer. We only news. drink beer here. DS beer, lots of beer. Um, speaking of which, big thank you to Eeyore for uh, supplying the liquid propulsion. Um, he's been listening to us ever since episode one, and uh, just said, "Hey, let me uh, pitch in and help you guys out by supplying, you know, the necessities: beer and pizza." So, because you know, every podcast is powered by beer and pizza. Absolutely. So, thank you to Eeyore. We appreciate it. Everything. Beer, beer pizza, and, and and hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. Unfortunately, hopes and dreams don't keep your your bike running. Um, I try really hard. Right. I try to, but it didn't really work. They don't well. keep your car running either, apparently. No. Um, but before we take a break, last bit of news. Um, since we're talking about Motorcycle USA going away, uh, Italian exotic superbike brand mv augusta looks like they're having financial issues again um they've gone through several issues uh throughout the years actually harley owned them for a little while too of all things i think their biggest issue has been they make a phenomenal product they make an amazing bike but they make a phenomenal product yeah and you uh, everything on that, that yeah it's, it's very expensive and they use very very high-end parts and unfortunately um, you know, I mean, I, I'm a huge Ducati fan, obviously. Um, but MV, when you put that next to a, to a duck, um, it's some of their bikes. It's almost as big of a difference as putting a duck next to a, a cheap Suzuki. Yeah. Um, so, uh, beautiful, beautiful product, uh, handmade exhaust, things like that. But, 
um, yeah, kind of sad to see it. So yeah. it definitely makes me even more now want to pick up a uh, something like an F three, right? Um, before uh, they shoot up astronomically in value, right? You if know, you the, see one, buy it. Yeah, buy one if you get a chance. I mean, there are naked bikes as well. You know, the Rivale and the Brutale. Oh, those things are they're just works of art. Um, I'd love to have either one. Uh, oddly enough, though, they're also partially owned by Mercedes. Hmm. Which is, it, it's interesting. The, the speculation, again, it's all speculation, that uh, Mercedes is actually waiting for their stock to decrease so they can buy the other 75% for much cheaper. <laughs> Reopen the company. Right. Which, uh, you know, hey, whatever well, works, but... We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes open for that. But uh, I guess on that note, let's go get some more liquid propulsion. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, while we're gone, please, again, send us your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your hates, your loves, your rants, your raves at uh, podcast at net. Any donations uh, are, again, always appreciated. Always. To always. help with, uh, be, it, be it money to help for for food or more pop production filters. costs um equipment costs or anything or even if, if you've got some uh some you know decent quality used equipment that you're just not using you need to get rid of mm-hmm. um uh-huh. let us know we'll we'll get you a shipping address yeah. i mean uh, every, every little thing helps uh, yeah. or we, uh if you want something want us to review something we are more than happy to uh do that for you and we'll give it a real test too absolutely uh, we're actually going to be going and doing more videos on youtube um, a little more professionally shot slightly than the ones that are currently on there now. Don't judge. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anything you want, uh, let us know. Again, emails yeah. podcast at wingmansgarage.net. Hit us up on all the social media or call us at 2625. Go ride. So when we come back, your first bike and your worst bike. <laughs> the first and the worst. So sit tight. We'll be back in just a moment. Back. We're back. If I can quit looking at Instagram. Um, <laughs> first bike and your worst bike. First bike and worst bike. This is actually a question posed to us by Eeyore. Again, tonight's sponsor and uh, chief supplier of liquid propulsion. I wonder if I can make that echo so it sounds really cool. Liquid propulsion! I'm going to try that. I'm, I'm going to do that. Um, but yeah. What? Mr. Drake! Who? Mr. Drake. Eeyore! Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyways. First and worst. Well, let's see. My first bike. My first bike was a 1994, although that's up for debate still, uh, Ninja 500. Why is it up for debate? Because apparently it was really a 92. Oh, the year was up for debate. Yeah. I was like, either you owned it or you didn't. <laughs> no, 94, but apparently it was a 92 when it came down to it. Uh, Ninja 500. I bought that bike for $500 from a friend of a friend who had uh, previously given the bike character. Laid the bike down. Um, dented in the fuel tank. But the rest of it was fairly clean still. 
500 bucks. Okay, cool. Can't go wrong. Um, the day I bought it, one of my friends brought the bike to this big park that we had on back home that had this gigantic parking lot. And for six hours, he patiently taught me how to ride this bike. You know, bear in mind, at this point in time, I had not actually ridden a bicycle ever in my life successfully. I was 22. They do it differently in Hawaii. Yeah, we do. So, six hours later, I'm circulating around the parking lot, feeling fairly confident in myself. And all of a sudden, the throttle sticks wide open. Wide open. And I jump a curb. And I jump another curb. Before I finally realized, hey, I should pull in the clutch. So I pull in the clutch as I slide into another curb. And Some people don't make it that far. No. (laughs) So I've now ended up 50 feet from where this all started from, laying there on the ground with the bike next to me, slightly dinged up. And my first thought is, my bike's still running. I should stop the engine before something happens. And I shut it off. High five. Good sir. Either you're born to ride or you're not. And that bike never was ridden again. (laughs) Mostly because I had to fix it because I cracked the radiator wide open. Um, I eventually sold that bike uh, a year and a half later. A year later, I actually ended up buying my next bike, my first real bike, uh, which is a 2004 636. Um, But I ended up selling the, the Ninja to a friend of mine who wanted to get it fixed. Um, actually made all my money back on that bike. Woohoo! High five. And uh, he worked on it and stopped working on it. And last I heard, the bike was sold for scrap. <laughs> but that was it. My first bike. What about yours? Well, this depends. Are we talking about on road or off road? Your first bike. My first bike. Yeah, yeah, but back. My first back. <laughs> my first back was. <laughs> we'll see what happened was. It was a bike. What? Mummy tuna. Chicago. Yeah, we're dorking out here. Guano. <laughs> What's that? I don't I'm, know. The, remember the next line. There, I'm gonna but... crunch my eyes for all of here. I, I can edit all that out. He or won't. He, he won't, though. No, I'm actually going to use that as part of the intro. Crunch, crunch, crunch. What are we eating today? <laughs> so, food for thought. Um, <laughs> did you just tell me to eat shit? <laughs> I tell you that all the time. So hey. Eat shit and die. Uh, I don't tell you to die. Well, uh, you amuse me. I had the third part for uh, uh, effect. So that eating the eyes really hard. Um, first bike. Try that again. First bike. If I can, as soon as I finish chewing the eyes, I put. I grab more. Like <laughs> your shoulder. <laughs> your first bike, oh. sir. <laughs> oh, we need Daniel to keep us in line. Oh. That'd actually probably be worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, Daniel. So, 
Sorry, you're sick. Faker. Faker. <laughs> hey, he finally picked up his sliders for his BMW today. Did he? Yes. Well, actually, Tina did. The Tina came to pick it up from us. I expect to see a, a red S1000 next Monday, sir. Right, right. Speaking and of which, we have a guest coming next week. Awesome. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So we'll welcome Tyler yep. on the show then. But the anyway. Other Tyler. Tyler 2. The other Tyler. Tyler 2. Unless we're on the motocross track, then he's totally Tyler 1. Um, <laughs> get it? See what I did there? I see what you did there. Ha, ha. <laughs> so back on topic. My first bike uh, was a... 2000 and what year was it? 2006. Yeah. Uh, 2006 KX250 two stroke. Um, so I wanted to ride. I've always wanted to ride. I'd, I'd ridden a couple little bikes. Um, but for the most part, really, really didn't really know how to ride a motorcycle. Um, closest I'd come is, you know, I grew up, my dad rode a CBX. And I rode around on the back of that with him a few times. Um, but he sold it before I was really ever old enough to like go like ride, you know, a hundred miles on the back with him or something. So, um, <clears throat> buddy of mine, Matt had dirt bikes and he rode me around a rock quarry one time and, uh, sat me in front of him. Did he buy and... you a drink first? <laughs> My hair was short back then. There was nothing to pull. <laughs> uh, yeah, about that. So we're running around, and basically he's, you know, my hands are on the grips and on the brake and all that stuff. His hands are over top of mine, and he's kind of basically <laughs> showing me how to properly operate everything. So I kind of got somewhat of a hang of it. And, I mean, we pulled out a couple of times on my, what, you know, me basically hanging on, and him kind of like hands right beside the bars in case I tried to whisk with throttle or something. So, But um, those were about all I'd ridden. So I go out and I buy this uh, this bike, and my best friend comes out with me, and he buys a 2004 YZF 450F. So he's got the 454 stroke. I've got the 252 stroke. We get all excited, and first thing we do is tell one of my friends that rides, and he goes, he says, well, what would y'all buy? And so we we told him what Blake gets first. And he goes, he looks at Blake and says, and you've never ridden a bike before. He goes, no, nope. and you bought a 450. He goes, yep. He said, you are an idiot. <laughs> Funny how you seem to think that a lot nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he turns around and looks at me and he goes, well, at least you were probably smarter about it. What did you buy? I said, a KX250 two-stroke. He goes, scratch that. Blake, you're just dumb. You are the capital dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, you know, a four-stroke, I mean, he granted it had more power than my bike but did, but uh, it definitely, obviously, was much easier to ride. Right. So, I learned to ride um, on a KX250 two-stroke motocross bike. Wow. And remember, I'm five foot eight, so I couldn't touch the damn ground. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I went out. We went out to a field. Found a big place where we could ride at, and um, we both sat there and just very easily like practiced pulling out a few times and and uh, <laughs> quit looking at me like that. <laughs> this story is just getting dirtier and dirtier by the minute. Fifty <clears throat> shades of brat engaging the clutch. Fifty shades of brat. I like that. New Fifty hashtag. shades of brat. New hashtag. Fifty shades of brat. Um, I like that. Fifty Shades of Brap or Fifty Shades of Crap? <laughs> Brap. <laughs> some some might warrant both. Um, 
I'm going to use both. There you go. But uh, anyway, so yeah, learned to ride on that. And before I knew it, uh, believe it or not, I actually have never whiskey throttled a bike. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, yes and no. Um, in the sense that most people do in, in learning to ride, like I never had that moment. I never had that, oh shit, I let the clutch out too fast and I'm not, what do I do? Uh, uh, Blake didn't either. Uh, props to him as well. So next thing I know, I'm six gear pinned going across fields. Just how fast will this thing go? Um, and then I also, uh, about three days later, got my first instance of head shake. Oh, that's always fun. Uh, six gear, wide open, coming across a field, hit like a, I don't know, a badger hole or something. Badger, badger, badger. Mushroom, mushroom. Wow, yeah. This, uh, we're drinking some high quality <laughs> stuff here. It's getting us all super loopy. <laughs> that right there is what I call some high quality H2O. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. Anyways, we digress yet again. What did we do? Um, so, what? yeah, I hit the badger hole, and head shake. Probably the scariest moment I've ever had on a, dirt, on a motorcycle. Mm. Head shake, there's nothing. Fairly, you know, there's a fairly new rider. Uh, again, six gear pinned on that thing. I mean, yeah, people talk all the time. Oh, I was doing like 90 on my dirt bike. No, you weren't. <laughs> they don't go that fast. 90 kilometers um, downhill. Maybe, pushed. yeah. They might do like 90 on a 450 in six gear tapped out on like a hill with some gearing changes. But, um, so I mean, realistically, probably doing 50. And it just <laughs> slap, 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 slap. And my heart raced. And. I had better instincts, I feel like, back then, because instead of letting up, I, like, just manhandled the bars as best as I could and cracked her heart open harder, <laughs> and uh, and the front end kind of picked up, like, uh, you know, lightened up a little bit, and... Got some of that traction off the front wheel. And, and it basically and it sorted itself out. Yeah. And now I did take a breather and, and make sure my underwear were clean after that. But um, were you wearing, wearing your brown pants that day? I was not wearing my brown pants. <laughs> I was wearing my green pants. Oh, nice green thumb. <laughs> awesome. What but, about your first street bike? So yeah, because um, you know I've never owned a dirt bike in my life. So my first street bike uh, was a 2006 uh, GSXR 600. Hmm. So I'd owned my KX for about a year and a half. Um, right? Yeah. I was 19 when I bought my Jixxer. 17. So I'd had it two years. I was 17 when I bought my first dirt bike. And um, uh, working at a bike shop. And a buddy had that worked there had brought one in that he had actually originally bought for his wife. And he uh, he brought it in. He traded it in and bought a V-Strom for his dad because his wife didn't like riding. So, um Needless to say, I got a pretty good deal on it. I picked it up, and it had an M4 pipe on it. It was black and silver. Hmm. And I didn't have a motorcycle license. <laughs> well, yeah, about that. And the first thing I did was ride it home. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I don't condone that, by the way. No. Um, 
But yeah, I rode home and then I wanted to get used to it. So there was a, a mall in my hometown where I'd also learned to drive a car. Uh, my dad used to take me there because it had all these little, like, you know, it's road going around it through the parking lot and stop signs. And so he would make me go over there. And uh, so I went over there and, and I did the same thing on the bike. And I went around it and I went around turns and I got used to the bike. And I did that all day long one, one day. Um, well, I'd say that, probably about six hours uh, or so. And, and then I'd ride home. And then I'd ride to work and I'd ride back. And then I started following some buddies up to, to some uh roads to go ride went up to shady valley and and obviously had the bug by then and next thing i knew you know i was starting to see hey how far can i hang off uh you know how fast will this thing go uh and you know never really got into a whole lot of the wheelies i mean i I picked the front end up a little bit but i was definitely not good even on a dirt bike i wasn't good at a wheelie back then yeah and um, i'm kind of the same way too but yeah, and we'll so, you know, but, uh, was surprised. I felt like I picked it up pretty, pretty good and, and quick. Uh, didn't, never crashed it. So, um, and then I sold it about a year and a half later. Um, due to, uh, right after I bought it, I actually got laid off. And this was 2008. And things didn't go all that well for the next year. I was, uh, it was really hard to make my payments. I was struggling with money. Um, so after about a year straight of just, I don't know if I'll be able to make the payment this month. Um, you know, I decided to, to do the responsible thing and, uh, actually I had a car and a bike at the time and I sold the car and fixed the 240 that I had that the engine had blown. They'd been sitting, uh, in the barn for a year and a half, not moving and started driving that and sold the car first and then about three months later sold the bike uh and i didn't have another street bike for about a year and a half hmm. well, until i moved to florida so well. uh but yeah i uh, love that bike still probably the most comfortable street bike i've ever been on uh i still sit on one of those things to this day and it just feels like home but uh but yeah that, that was my first bike that was your first bike wow uh, first bikes, anyways. Yes. <laughs> um. Now, okay. Moving on was, what was the worst bike we've owned? That's a hard question. Uh, That's a hard question because it raises most problematic could be the worst, right? Um, or the one that you just didn't like. Um, right. Oh man, it's like I. The Hyper Motard is number thirteen of my running bikes that I've owned. Um. I can definitely, and I said last last week, it's the most fun bike I've owned. Um, wow. I mean, it's a tough call because I mean I've got the CBRs, I've had uh, the Aprilia Tuono, I've had my Hayabusa, which definitely doesn't qualify as worst bike ever because that's the one bike I never should have sold. Um, Speed Triple. I mean, honestly, I think I'll go with the uh, my Aprilia Tuono. Uh, it was a 2007 Tuono 1000 R. Um, it was actually a really good bike, but the electronics were suspect. Being Not Italian, the CBR that threw you. <laughs> no, and honestly, that was my fault. Um, my CBR, my first CBR, was a great bike until I got pummeled by a Mustang. 
Um, and that's a different story for later. Um, only because I'll, I'll say the Tuono just because it was the most stressful bike to ride. Um, the pipes were ungodly loud, uh, which were was also one of the best things about it. Hi, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just so stressful for me to ride because it was. It's not a bike you can cruise at seventy on or ride through real traffic on a day to day basis and it be happy with you. You know my my bike is a lot like that than I have now. Yeah. Um I mean it it's it, very angry going slow. Yeah. It was only really happy at hundred and thirty. I don't know what it was about that number. Anything below it and it would grab and it would lug and it would pull at you and it would it, it would just hate you. Uh, but mine's anything. happy between twenty and one hundred and twenty, as long as you're accelerating. Right. Doesn't care how fast you're going, as long as you're accelerating. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, once you get over one hundred and thirty, then all of a sudden it feels like it's going to fall apart. But I mean, it was a fun bike, and then of course there's the fact that the rectifier decided to just melt down on me the last one of the last times I rode it. Um, that was fun. Trying to make it 20 miles home on just the battery <laughs> at night. My lights are getting dim. <laughs> no, I actually had to reach down and unplug the headlights about halfway down just to try and conserve that much power. And uh, by the time I pulled into the driveway, it had just died on me. So I kind of coasted in. Um, I don't know. I don't... Even going with my old bikes that I've had, Actually, no. I take all that back. Worst bike I ever owned. 1978 CB400A. Hi, Zane. Um, (laughs) This this was an automatic, Honda-matic CB400 that um, I actually picked up for uh, dirt cheap. Simply because a friend of mine at the time needed the money and offered me the bike. I didn't really want an automatic bike. I wanted a 400 just so I could try and cafe it. But, uh, I got this bike and it was a turd. It had zero power. The Honda-matic transmission worked, but it was so weird. Um, two speeds, high and low. Oh, sorry, three. High, low, and stopped. Um, it just had no power. And it, it leaked oil from somewhere. I could never figure out where. Um, and I just really didn't enjoy riding it because I couldn't convert it into a calf or anything just because of the way it was designed. Um, so I ended up selling it to one of my coworkers who's no longer there with us <clears throat> and, um, found out that it's leaking oil because the oil was overfilled. I had never done it, anything with it cause I didn't own it long enough. And all of a sudden this thing ran like a rape date. Oh. But hey, go figure. It was gone. So that's officially my worst bike I've ever owned. I just didn't enjoy riding it one bit. What about you? I think it's a toss up. Okay. I've got a bike that I actually enjoyed a lot. All right. But it became a nightmare. Hmm. Then I have another bike 
that wasn't nearly as problematic, but it threw me off of it twice. Oh, what was that? <laughs> so, worst bike I have ever owned. God, you know it's worst. My RMZ two fifty. Huh. I'll I'll throw I'll I'll do a, a double take and I'll be quick on on the the dirt bike, but. I'm going to say the bike I've hated the most. I had a 2005 RMZ 250. So, uh, the first or second year of the the Suzuki Kawasaki 250 (laughs) four-stroke hybrid. And that thing, they didn't like to start. Their favorite thing to do was overheat. Mm -hmm. Just nightmare of a bike. That bike left me in the middle of the woods on a, like, 400-acre trail ride. <laughs> no. Kicking. It took me two hours in the middle of the day to get that bike to start. Wow. What about Once your, it, your, your KZ story you were talking about earlier? That one didn't play in? It, it does, and, and that's, that's what I'm going to touch on, too, but... Um, yeah, no, that RMZ man. It you'd get it started. I can't tell you how many times I took it out places. It'd get hot. It'd start spitting cooling out, and it just you couldn't get the damn thing to start. Hmm. And uh, and they were notorious for it. Even if you tighten the valves up or loosen them, whatever, whichever way you needed to go, and 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 you did everything that typically would fix all those issues, they were still notoriously. Hard to start and would overheat all the time. Um, if you were going slow at all, like motocross track, not as bad. But I remember having to push it to the top of tabletops and then go down the side of the tabletops, mm. so I had some kind of heel because the only way to get it to start was to, to uh, bump start it. Wow. Um, when it stranded me in the woods, I was in a valley, and the only way to get out was straight up a steep hill. So I remember really? after after two hours of kick for a few minutes, stop, kick for a few minutes, stop, kick for a few minutes, stop. Tried to push it up the hill a couple times, couldn't get it up, make it up the hill. Uh, too damn steep. So, finally, I remember it got started, and I made it halfway up the hill, hit a root. The bike slipped out from under me. I tumbled all the way back down the hill, and it took me about another 20 minutes to get it started again. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I was just nothing but happy to sell that bike. But, street bike. Um, my KZ440 that I had was a hoot. Um, hoot. Not much power. <laughs> I used to ride from Daytona, or Orlando to Daytona, and there was one of those speed traps right before you merged onto, uh, was it 95? And every single day I'd come through and I'd see that thing, and I would just pin it for about a mile coming up to it, wide <laughs> open. See, let's see if I can top yesterday's speed. So, uh, always trying to see what, what the fastest I get that thing to was. The fastest I ever had that bike... <laughs> Is I hit ninety nine miles an hour. <laughs> nice. You just barely, barely pulled the tongue. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like I remember, and I saw it. I was it was like ninety seven. Five minutes later, ninety eight. <laughs> and then right as I passed, I was like, "Come on, come on!" And it was like click. It clicked over to ninety nine right as I went by, and I was like, "Okay, yes, yes." <laughs> so. Uh, and that, that was a fast 99 miles an hour, wasn't it? 
It, it was. It probably felt like you were doing a hundred. Yeah, because as soon as you passed it, you went into a turn. Yeah. A big sweeper get to merge onto the next interstate. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, which on that four forty. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, you were like you thought if you hit a bump it was just gonna fall apart and disintegrate. Um But I rode out uh thought I was gonna I guess get lucky with a girl one night. And so she said well she, I'd been talking to her, this was in the MySpace days and MySpace. Um cute girl and she lived in Cocoa Beach I was in Orlando and she sends me a message at like 9.30 one night she's like why don't you come out here and I'm like how long does it take to get out there and she's like I don't know like you know, it'll it be like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that and me no map no nothing never been to Cocoa Beach in my life never been down the roads to take you to Cocoa Beach I get out and hit a two lane highway at 10.30 at night on my KZ 440 with that 1983 headlight. <laughs> Sealed beam. Barreling about 80 miles an hour the whole way. Nice. 70, 80 miles an hour. And rode my butt all the way out to Cocoa Beach. Hung out with this girl and spent the night. <laughs> I'll say I did not get lucky. <laughs> um, that was actually one of those when she showed up. I was kind of like, you were a lot prettier in the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning I get up. Uh, hang out for a little bit, go to leave. I got to be at work that afternoon at like three. So I start heading north. I got to go from Cocoa Beach to Daytona. Uh, so that's about an well, hour and a half, something like that. And um, I get about 13 miles from the uh, the Port Orange exit, which is probably 10 miles away from Daytona. And all of a sudden it just and I'm just I'm I'm wide open and it's just so I'm I'm thinking I just ran out of gas. Well, I pull over, open the tank. I hear plenty of gas sloshing around. That's weird. Maybe I left it on reserve. Nothing. So lo and behold, the engine had. Uh, spun a bearing and basically ceased. <laughs> so I put it in neutral. Uh, and I sit there for a few minutes. Nobody's coming. Nothing. I don't know what to do. So I just start pushing. And it's 100, 105 degrees. I'm in full gear, you know, jeans, boots. You know, I put my leather gloves in my backpack, still got my helmet on, leather jacket, and I pushed that thing, and I remember a cop stopped and was like, hey, you need, you know, what's going on? I explained to him. I was like, can you help me? Can you do something? Can you? And I think he actually offered to Dude. call me, um, call me a tow truck or something, but I was like. You're was a tow like, truck. Yeah. It was one of those, like, they're like, oh, it's, it's going to cost you like $150. And I'm sitting there going, Dude, I'm like barely scrounging by every week. Like, I'm riding a 83 V-Twin because my truck's broke oh, down right. and has been for four months. It's sitting in my aunt's house in Daytona, you know, and I'm going to school and working, you know, what I can. I'm like, I, like, yeah, dude, no, <laughs> I don't have 150 <laughs> thanks, bucks for no a tow thanks. truck, right? So he's like, well, uh, keep pushing, and he drives off. <laughs> so, uh, so I push that thing, and I ended up pushing it somewhere around about 10 miles. Um, uh, you get your workout that day. Yeah, I mean, I was soaking wet, dog tired. Legs cramping. And, and keep in mind that, like, even though Florida's flat, 
I'm still in like a like the good portion of this. I'm going like a two degree like slope up, <laughs> so <laughs> I am technically pushing it uphill. Injury um, insult. Yeah. So finally, I, I get probably around, like two or three miles from the exit, and uh, a, a couple guys pull over in in like a work truck. They were nice enough to to be like, dude, man, you know, you look, you know, like you look exhausted. Let's give you a ride up to the next exit. So uh, they're nice enough that. They picked my bike up and put it in the back of their tr- uh, truck, and I jumped in the back with the bike and uh, rode down the road. And oh my god, the wind felt so great! But um, they took me to the next exit, and I parked up on a gas station and I went to sleep on my bike right after calling my cousin. And he was like, he was at work, and he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna be able to leave for a while." So for about three hours, I was at a gas station sitting there. Uh, after all this waiting on him to come pick me up. So finally got over there and, um, that bike actually never got resurrected by me. It, uh, got sold to a buddy of mine that worked down there who then turned it into a bopper, uh, bopper, a bobber, a bobber. Um, yeah, he had about two cases of beer and 200 and 200 bucks in it. And he bought it for me. I think he gave me $300 for it. Hmm. I had bought it for 800. Um, but I got almost a year out of it, but, uh, yeah, bobbered it out, owned it for a month and some guy just had to have it and gave him $1,800 for it. Yeah. So, but, um, other than that, that's, that's, that one probably, again, it's hard. That one kind of takes the cake in a way for the worst story, but I think the biggest piece of junk is my CB750. Uh, it was just a piece of junk. Like, there's no other way to put it. It was a piece of junk. <laughs> there's no redeeming that CV. And it threw me off of it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just no so. redeeming. Uh, yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end of the uh, the show tonight. But uh, let's start something new. What did Nightwing learn? We're going to do a rants and raves. Uh, we'll do that next time. Okay. So, what did Nightwing learn? <laughs> What did Nightwing learn? What did what Nightwing learn this week? Nightwing learned that if you have a Ducati, <laughs> you better have a working fuel light. <laughs> Don't steal my thunder, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or is that what is that what Wingman learned this week? <laughs> what Wingman learned? <laughs> what Wingman learned? What about the episode? What did you learn this episode of everything what did we talked I learned about in today? this episode? Um, that, uh, liquor propulsion is a lot better when there's alcohol in it. <laughs> That's what I've learned. Um, yeah. I don't know. There, I think we've had a fairly good episode. But... I learned that bikes blowing up is definitely not snoochie boochies. <laughs> totally not snoochie boochies. <laughs> um, but yes, what did I learn this week? Well, Wingman learned this week that when his odometer gets close to a hundred miles, he best be riding his ass to a gas station. Yes, yes. Or else you end up the idiot on the side of the road. Yes, sitting there on the side of the road like an asshole. I still felt bad when I passed you. I didn't even see you. <laughs> I started to honk, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I should be that big of a dick. No, nah, you kind of needed to get going because Joe was coming. He didn't need to see you on the side of the road, and it was already 9.10 when the shop opens at 9. So, yeah. I was there at 9. What are you talking about? Yeah, I saw that uh, McGriddle you were eating. What McGriddle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prove it. That's what I thought. 
we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, go ahead. You're rants and raves. We still got a couple. Rants, rants and raves. Okay, rants and raves for the week. Um, please do not. If you are calling a bike shop and you need parts and your wife, girlfriend, significant oh, other, yes. daughter, sister, dog, brother, cat does not know anything about motorcycles, do not have them call while you sit on the couch six feet away and try to explain to them to tell us what you need. Please, just pick up the phone. It makes both their lives easier. Yes, that's true. Uh, rants. Uh, it's going to be that time of the year. All of us bikers are getting on the road. All of us, we're getting the itch. Any day that's halfway decent, even the most fair weather of the fair weather riders will get out and start riding because it's just that time of year. Um, Watch out. Just watch out. And now I'm not talking to the cagers because they're not listening to us anyways. But watch out for them. They're not paying attention. They can be doing anything else except driving. And they're going to find a way to get in your way. Just watch out for them. Don't be an asshole about it. But do what you need to do to stay safe. Watch out for everybody. And if you're going to be riding through an area that you know is heavily trafficked in a residential area, really keep your eyes open. That's what I think. So, And for raves, Ducati's on the podium! Yay! I expect like a like a uh, let's get ready to rumble like echo for that one on the show. All right, just saying. Yeah, raves uh, for you. Raves for me. Let me see. Raves for me. Raves for me. Raves for me. Raves for. Sorry. Um. The weather's going to be nice this weekend. It is going to be nice, and we're going to be riding. We are going to be. Woo-hoo! Riding. There's my raves right there. Riding season, because you know winter. Just doesn't want to go away. So we got to enjoy every moment we get. So, yeah. That's kind of I'm, I think I'm just too tired to actually truly have any It happens. Energy. We had a lot of spaghetti tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it looks like that wraps it up for another episode of Wingman's Garage. Yes. As always, uh, comment, call, text. Yep. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Sing to us. Sing to us. Yeah, sing to us. You can or be, don't sing to us. Sing to us. You can be our new intro. <laughs> I'm serious. If you sing a song to us, I'll play you as our intro. Absolutely. I'm yep. down. Yeah, I'm down too. So uh, we'll be back next week. Um, Pretty Boy should be joining us too. He'll be coming back from Little Tally, I think, or Road, Amer- Road America. Yep. So he's going to try and get us some video. Um not quite sure when the next round of GP is off the top of my head. But that'll be coming up. And uh, we'll be giving you some more ride reports. And uh, we'll actually be taking some adventures here soon, too. So we're yes. all looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, any uh, any crazy adventure ideas you guys have, too. Definitely, uh, same thing. Send us something in. Yeah. Let us know what you uh, what you want to see on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Again, that's going to be taken off soon. And, and hopefully here before too long, we'll get a, a little bit better setup going. And we're going to... Uh, Try doing a video broadcast of our podcasts yes. uh, as well. So you'll be able to hear us or see us every single week. Or if you really want to do both, uh, watch us at night and then listen to us on the way to work. Yeah. Uh, you know what would be kind of cool? I need to find a way that we can be doing a mobile podcast. That's something to look into. 
Moving or from our cell phones? From our bikes. Yay! So that's something to think about. And we'll might be one of the first ones. Um, but yeah, you've been listening to us uh, all night, so we're gonna let so you. So that mean like a get to bed? A mod vlog? Yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure that one out. A pod vlog. A pod there vlog. You go. Pod there, vlog. Pod vlogging. We have invented a new genre. Yes. Pod vlogging. Hashtag Fifty Shades of Brat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll be seeing you next week. Again, hit us up, Wingman's Garage, on all the social media. Two six two five. Go ride. ride. Uh, is the phone number to call or emails podcast at wingmansgarage.net. This is the Wingman, Chris, and this is Tyler. Saying good fight. Good night. No one asked. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net.